Hello, humans of the earth, and thank you for joining us on this wonderful day. My name is Dana. And my name is Heidi. And this is Fun Times with Dana and Heidi. Today is a special episode featuring our Grip Tape mentor, Carla. You are probably wondering what Grip Tape is, so let's get into it. Grip Tape is a nonprofit organization that gives up to $500 in grant money for youth ages 15 to 19 all around the U.S. to fulfill their passions. Me and Dana were very, very lucky and fortunate to have been able to get the grant and become challengers is what we're called. Because of Grip Tape, we were able to fund Fun Times with Dana and Heidi. This episode, we brought in our wonderful mentor and champion, Carla, to learn more about her experience on the other end as a Grip Tape champion. So, Carla, I'm just going to start off with the first question. So, why did you decide to become a Grip Tape champion? Hi, Dana and Heidi, and thank you very much for having me as your special guest today. I'm excited to um, talk to your listeners and share a little bit more about what a fantastic time the three of us have had together this summer. Basically, my role as a champion is it's kind of multifaceted. As a grip tape champion, I, along with other um, adults, are connected in a way with a growing uh, community of like-minded adults that support youth as they chart their path to their own successes. So um, a champion is an individual who is committed to the youth that they serve, They need to possess a deep interest and a belief and encouragement of young people. And the encouragement of young people is like, it's the heart of what the grip tape model is all about and what the role of a champion is. And you are that model. Like you, whatever you describe, that's who you were. You were very encouraging. It was like another side of a parent kind of, because we talked about this with you before. And we were saying how a lot of times we tend to lose ourselves when we are caught up with deadlines with these teachers who want what they want and not what we want. But here at Grip Tape, like, you really, like, fueled us, and but you didn't take over us, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's, like, a source of encouragement, but there's no, there's no requirements. Like, uh, there's no, it's not, like, an intimidating authority, if that makes sense. Like, there's no requirements to do. Like, you, the youth make all the decisions, and the person on, like, the champion on the other half is there to support them and throughout their Grip tape challenges the notion that learning must be adult engineered and guided and instead creates opportunities for young people to invest in their own passions as inventors, designers, and producers. So, you know, the crux of the grip tape model is that young people um, really need to be able to have the opportunity to explore their passions and their interests without being told what to do and when to do it and how to do it and where to put it when it's finished. That's a very, very empowering, important part of uh, Grip Tape's model. Dana mentioned intimidating authorities. Me and Dana, we are not afraid of Carlo whatsoever. A friend as well, not just a mentor, you know? I I have been very, very fortunate to meet my friends from Texas, my young ladies from Texas. And um, yes, I have some friends now that are under the age of 50, which is wonderful. I enjoy you ladies so much, and uh, I'm just going to consider you two more children that I don't have to pay for college for. Yay. Yes, we love that. <laughs> so what role do champions serve in the challenge? Like, what would you define as your role? Um, my role is I'm responsible for um, 
setting up what we call uh, launching calls and end of journey calls, um, beginning and end of the learning challenge. Um, I make contact with each challenger and talk to them a little bit about what their, what their project or what their topic is gonna be all about. Um, and then in between the 10 week timeline, I contact my challengers every couple of weeks and we have what's called a check-in call. And that can come about in a variety of different ways. Maybe it looks like a Zoom call like we're doing today. Maybe it's a text message or a phone call. Um, but what I, what I do through the check-in calls is just talk with my challengers about how, how their plan is coming along. How are they feeling about their learning challenge? Uh, what goals have they met? Have their goals changed? Um, what successes are they finding? What challenges have they come up with? How have they managed their budget so far? How things are, are unrolling for them and what they think might be coming down the line. I also provide encouragement and support and sometimes accountability. Some of my challengers have shared with us that uh, it's important to them that they have an, a deadline, so to speak, even though that's not a formal part of our check-in calls, but just knowing that someone that's invested in them and in their passion and, and their project checks in and, and helps with the accountability. Yeah, definitely. I think that's also another side of grip tape that, especially for people who, you know, of thoroughly plan things out and and basically structure their life around deadlines. I think that's also a really another like an added bonus, I guess, of having the champion because you know that someone is you know that cares about your project and your passion. That you know that uh, they're depending on you. There we go. So, what are some of the favorite challenges that you have helped support as a champion? So, can you tell us about your past experiences and you know what the some challenges that really stood out to you? That's an excellent question, and it's it's a hard one to answer definitively. Uh, I've had many challengers across the United States in all um, all ages and all different areas of interest. Um, most recently, I'll speak on a couple of the challengers that I had last cycle uh, when COVID nineteen first came out, and um, along with everyone else, their worlds were completely turned upside down. Mm -hmm. um, there was a young man in Louisville, Kentucky, who was very interested in starting a business, t-shirts, and wanted to make t-shirts and do embroidery. He wanted to be able to launch his business um, using his own design logo and make products that he had designed and made, t-shirts, shorts, backpacks, things like that. And he was a very dynamic young man and really extended his um grip tape challenge. So that was someone that stood out in my mind. There was a young lady in New York who wanted to, she had started skating, figure skating as a young girl, and for whatever reason had stopped, and she was interested in starting back up with figure skating. So her challenge was to buy, uh, she well, she, with her funds, she bought a nice pair of figure skates. Um, her hopes were to hire a coach for one or two lessons and have some time on the ice and choreograph a small routine because COVID came about, she got very, very creative, did not have the face-to-face -face coaching, but watched videos online, talked with coaches, interviewed people, and she actually put together a choreographed routine that was beautiful, set to music that meant something to her personally, and she performed it on an empty tennis court while her mother was uh, doing the video recording because she wasn't able to get onto the ice. I thought that was kind of cool. That's fancy and, and innovative in a way. Mm -hmm. Yes, very innovative. Um, 
I've had a couple of challengers that have been very interested in pursuing music. A young man in Colorado wanted to learn more about how to produce digital music, which I thought was very, very interesting. A couple of my challengers have wanted to purchase uh, acoustic guitars and learn how to play guitars. And I think I'll say my favorite to date has been meeting two young, amazing women in South <laughs> Texas that um, were very, very interested in launching their own podcast. So to date, I would say that those are probably my top, my top five favorites. Wow, thank you. We love thank you for that shout out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You're mentioning like all these different projects and it's not geared towards a specific subject. It's like all across the board. There's really is no limit here, right? To grip tape, there's no no limit. I bet the only limit is yourself. Yeah, everyone, all of the projects are based on every individual student's passions and what they want to do with what they want to put out into the world. And so I think that's a really powerful thing because they're fueling their own learning and they're setting their own goals for themselves. And I think that's something really powerful. We believe that at Grip Tape also. We believe that um, student-directed learning is more powerful for the youth that are doing it. And it is also one of Grip Tape's goals, not only for the youth that participate in the challenges to have an opportunity that they may not have had without funding and resources and support, but we really hope that they find within themselves some knowledge and skills that they can carry on into other aspects of their lives once the challenge itself is over. And we're finding that to be true in a lot of young people that have the ability to drive their own learning. Yeah, I agree with you because you mentioned learning and all this stuff. Me and Dana, we definitely learned a lot. Some of the things I learned, for example, is how to edit a podcast. I have never, I'm not very tech savvy. I barely learned how to use emails this year because I've been just messaging (laughs) it and I'm way too old to not be learning, not knowing how to email people. So I was learning how to edit with these softwares. I learned how to social media market, learned how to graphic design somewhat using a free app, Canva, and Dana helped me out with that too. So what did you learn as a Grip Tape champion? Oh, wow, that's another excellent question. Um, What I've learned through my time as being a champion is that the youth that I've met become familiar with and have helped support have incredible thoughts and ideas. They are articulate, they are bright, they're creative, they are grateful. I think that that's that's something that is a hallmark throughout all of the challenges that I've um, helped to support. They are grateful that they have the opportunity to explore uh, a passion or an interest that they can lead totally on their own. So much of our youth today is told by adults, as I've mentioned before. Learning in in traditional schools is so much um, someone telling you what to do and when to do it and how to do it. The youth, I'm encouraged by the promise of the minds and the ethic, work ethic, and the values that the challengers that I've met have have as young people. Yeah, definitely. And on that note, uh, do you believe that uh, youth-driven learning should be more encouraged, whether that be through grip tape or just in general? Do you think that's something important that we need? Oh my gosh, I absolutely, absolutely believe it to be true. Yes, I absolutely believe that youth, youth-driven youth learning needs to be encouraged more um, within the traditional school setting. 
Part of the unique thing with grip tape is that grip tape asserts something that's called um, learner agency. Have you ever heard of that, that phrase before, learner agency? Oh, please no? educate us. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will educate you. Um, learner agency is defined as the ability for young people or an individual to make intentional choices about and take an active role in the course of their own learning. So let me say that again. Learner agency is the ability to make intentional choices about and take an active role in the course of one's own learning. Now, if you could transfer that into your learning experiences right now, doesn't, does that learner agency definition kind of make you think, you know, you are in charge of and control and in control of your own learning? And then how much more authentic and true and meaningful would it be to you if you had the ability and the opportunity to drive your own learning? How much more invested would you be as a learner if you knew that you had a choice and a voice in what was happening in your classroom or in your uh, content area? For sure. I would definitely be more interested when someone gives you that extra boost and that environment that you love to work in you really go above and beyond. And what I notice in schools is students' opinions are rarely taken into account within mm -hmm. the entire entire administrative body. Well, with grip tape, you really took in our voice and you really applied it to the environment and culture of grip tape. I don't know if Dana can add on to that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I also would be a lot more invested in school if there was more youth-driven learning involved. As Heidi said, uh, students' opinions and thoughts and beliefs about how they should be learning are not really taken into account and everything is more structured towards standardized tests and scores instead of uh, bettering uh, the students and what they need and what they're actually interested in instead of just like checking out some boxes. And so I think that, you know, with grip tape, it provides the opportunity to do learning outside of school in like, uh, it gives you them you an opportunity where you are the authority and you make your own decisions and you aren't told about by anyone do this, do that. It's all based upon you and what you believe and what your passions are. So I think that's something really cool. Mm -hmm. So we have learned that grip tape has benefited you as a mentor and, and champion. And how do you think it can benefit other youth? How can grip tape benefit other youth? Uh, you ladies really have worked. You've come up with absolutely wonderful questions. Um, Dana is in charge of the questions. Wonderful questions. <laughs> um, it's a, your question is an interesting one. And it's a powerful one without going too much into the, the nuts and bolts of the creation of, of grip tape, which could be a totally different you know, topic podcast, Grip Tape in the four, four and a half years, four or five years, I'm going to say five years that Grip Tape has been in existence. The data that we have collected shows that more and more and more and more and more young people are taking an opportunity to explore what Grip Tape has to offer. When Grip Tape started as an idea way back in, I think, 2015, there were maybe seven, nine challengers this past cycle. Um, over 500 people applied to become a grip tape challenger, 150 plus, if my data's recollection is correct, um, it may or may, it may or not be right on point, uh, applied this last cycle and were accepted. Um, so, you know, we're growing exponentially. So to 
to answer your question, Heidi, um, grip tape benefits other youth in a multitude of ways. It provides them with the opportunity to have full decision-making authority in their challenges. It gives them a grant of up to $500 to spend any way they choose, as long as it's related to the challenge that they're taking. It also provides a champion to offer encouragement um, and, and belief in them along the way. And then they have 10 weeks to explore something uh, that is meaningful to them in depth. So it provides young people an opportunity to be their own learners, to drive their own learning and decision-making, to learn about problem-solving skills, to learn about organizational skills, and to, to buy resources or to have resources available to them that they may not normally have had access to. And giving that type of um, empowerment to young people, we have found um, they are very responsible and very mature with the responsibility that goes along with becoming a grip tape challenger, and they are totally committed to the success of their journey. Yeah, it also made us, I know we're interviewing you, but I guess it can also kind of answer the question because me and Dana are part of the youth partaking in the challenge. So how me and Dana have, so I have learned how to speak a lot better because I usually have horrible anxiety when I'm speaking in front of large groups, but this podcast had created a really safe environment for me to speak and truly be myself because usually I'm scared to be myself because being yourself is scary. So it was really nice to be able to talk in public with a friend and to truly be yourself. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think one major thing that I learned on this podcast, even though it sounds so simple, it's like it made a really big, I guess, difference in my life is learning how to um, kind of make small talk and make um, how to keep an audience engaged and also just how to keep a conversation going and yeah, just really, really key things. And also public speaking, as Heidi mentioned, it kind of like reinforced all of the skills. And also just everything there is to know about podcasting in general, you know, the equipment you need, how to edit sound, and just so many different things. Um, we were exposed to like this entire new world and through groups, we were able to get the resources that, we, resources that we need to make our idea a reality. And so that, I think that's a really powerful thing. And so on that note, you've been a champion for many uh, challengers through group tape. So on that note, do you believe that today's youth have the power to change the world? Be honest. <laughs> My honest, absolute answer is absolutely, positively, yes. And I think one of the personal rewards that I have with being a champion, if I can speak to that for a minute, is uh, as a person that devoted uh, 30 plus years in public education as a teacher and a school administrator and a mother and being a mom as well. He's a seasoned I, expert. I, I, very well. Yes, I am a seasoned expert. And I think what I get out of being a champion personally is that I am connected with um, genuine, authentic, talented, unique young people who give me hope and inspire me to want to keep providing and supporting them however I can. But I absolutely believe that our youth in this world, in this time, in these United States are our future. And I also believe that we need to start allowing young people to take control of their future 
right now instead of making them wait for it for quote when they grow up um we need to we need to be paying attention to what young people have to say because what they say is brilliant yeah we love how you guys take into account our opinions as well because it's not easy to find someone or an organization that takes you into account as much as grip tape does the thing about it me and dana we had so much fun doing this it didn't feel like a project i'm alluding to school a lot because school has taken over my my life (laughs) but um I usually don't have that much fun with school projects. My goal in school projects is to complete the project. Here, it's to have fun. It's not to complete the project. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I would challenge you to answer this question truthfully. You have a project that's due in school in three months, and it's a topic about, uh, let's say, the impact of global warming. So you do your work, you make your presentation, you get your grade, and you move on. Then you have your grip tape experience of developing your podcast and all of the elements that went into your podcast development. Which two projects, which of those two projects are you going to remember 30, 40, or 50 years into your future? So I think that that's a really good question, first of all, but I think that I will definitely remember this podcast more especially a long time from now just because um with grip tape um you know school projects are just like a one-time thing you know like one and done it's over you know what i mean but um with grip tape you are able to fuel your own passions and start your own projects and you can even continue if you're really really passionate about them you can continue them into into the future and so that's what me and heidi want to do with our podcast you know going uh, into the future and going back to school and all of that, we still want to continue our podcast journey. Even though grip, our grip tape challenge is over, we still want to continue our project into the future and have it be a long-term thing at least until the end of high school. And so this is something that we want to, we were inspired by grip tape to not only just uh, cut off our project, but also continue it into the future and really um, just keep on having the, power in our hands I guess you could say and just continuing this project because like Heidi said it doesn't really feel like work it just feels like a fun thing that we do and so it's kind of like a way to de-stress almost and so it's not something that we um get like frustrated over and we're like oh I have to film another episode or something like it's not a big deal like it's actually really fun for us to do and so we want we love making the episodes and we love the positive feedback that we get from our audience. And so I think that we definitely want to continue this into the future. And yeah, we're really glad uh, that what the impact that we've made and we want to uh, continue to grow in the future. I was going to say, going back to our end of journey um, call that we had just a week or so ago, you know, if I were to ask you ladies, what is something, what is, it's hard to say one thing, but what would you say was one of the greatest highlights of this learning opportunity, of this learning journey challenge? What would that be? <laughs> oh, yeah. So to add on to what Dana said, this is definitely, it, it was, this experience will be unforgettable because I don't, I personally have never done anything very public. I've always kept things yeah. small. Like, I don't think I've ever had any, I've never had anything on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. And so what made it really 
memorable was that we were able to meet so many new people and wonderful people at all. I don't think we even met a bad apple at all. <laughs> and we were able to collaborate with Ariana Jonay. And it was about self-love. And that was amazing because we were able to learn so much from her. And to even meet her was a greater plus. So yes, it was also cool meeting people from around the United States because she was from LA, but she was born in Texas, raised in Texas. And then we met another girl named Anna Ho, which is, she has the same last name as me, which is kind of funny. But uh, we, she was from Michigan. She's really nice. And I was able to catch up with her through dance. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, to add on to what Heidi said just really quickly, I think the biggest highlight was uh, getting to know so many people from not only our community, but from all over the United States that wanted to be featured on our podcast. And we got to just meet so many other podcasts that are making an impact. And we also got to meet um, Ariana Janae. And she's like a really great actress and influencer. And we were very happy to have her. So yeah, I think that's probably like the biggest, the biggest standout thing that we accomplished. And I remember, uh, Heidi, when you were saying that you were reaching out to people that were, might be interested in being, you know, you were asking, explicitly asking people if they were interested in being on the podcast and being guests, guest speakers. And um, a lot of people told you no, right? Yeah, a lot of people exactly. No. Um, but to your credit, you kept going, you persevered. And Ariana, um, took the opportunity to accept your invitation and came on and you know um, that kind of changed the trajectory of where you guys were going with your podcast and I think I remember Dana saying at one point that um, did you not have an international um, a student yeah. that lived internationally uh, wanted to learn more about American education was that what she was interested uh, in? yeah um, I got a message um, from uh, I don't remember her name but it was a girl she's like uh, around our age and she was living in India and she said that she really liked uh, listening to our podcast because uh, she got to learn more about like the average life of the American teenager and she got to understand more about that culture and so I'm really glad that it had that impact as well and those are the types of authentic opportunities that we were talking about that are empowering and meaningful and long-lasting and life-changing. They're the opportunities that you don't necessarily get when you Google an article for a climate change presentation that you have six minutes to present next Tuesday with four other people. There's two things that challengers have asked me before, and even people that aren't familiar with grip tape. Number one is, how did, what is grip tape and how did it get its name? Like, that was kind of like, why do you call it grip tape? And that's kind of cool. And the second question, um, or the second question that I get from people that are involved is, uh, adults especially, they find out that the, the youth leadership board is made of, you know, composed of former challengers, previous challengers, um, and the decision-making power with the whole organization rests on the shoulders with guidance from, you know, adults but again um the youth leadership board is the one that's making the decisions and running the programs and talking about the expansions and the refinements and oh, wow. you know doing things like that so it's it's not just an opportunity for youth to explore their passions that we've talked about it's it's really managed by youth 
through the oh, youth how leadership. The tables turned. How the yeah. tables turned. It's managed. It's managed through um, the youth leadership board, and they have a they have a declaration. Blah, blah. The youth leadership board has a declaration that says, and this I think is really powerful. We exist at the edge of what is believed possible. Youth, young people, exist at the edge of what society or adults or traditional education perceives possible. It, it's that, it, it just really kind of struck me, you know? That is true. Because if you really have a passion for something, mm-hmm. you can do anything you want. And that sounds mm-hmm. very... Cliche? Corny. Yeah, it sounds very cliche. That's a word. I was like, mm-hmm. that sounds very cliche, but you can really do anything you want. And the thing about me and Dana is we don't let people stop us. That sounds horrible, but like we don't like to be stopped. So if we really want something, you bet that we're going to probably, we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I definitely agree. And I think it's really impressive because I don't know any other organization that has its youth as a leading and integral part, like in the backbone almost of the organization. So I think that's really, really cool. And so now this brings our podcast to an end on that little positive note. So thank you so much, Carla, for taking the time out of your day to come and speak on our podcast and also to support us on our wonderful journey as our group tape champion. You had very interesting and thoughtful answers, and they were great. Thank you for having me on, ladies. It's been my pleasure, and it's wonderful to see you and to be with you again. Yes. So just to touch on what we talked about today, Group Tape is a organization that gives out $500 grants to youth learning to drive their own learning and to learn something new. And so if this opportunity sounds interesting to you, you can check out their website at griptape.org or find them on Instagram at at griptape.org. Submissions open on September 1st through September 30th, but if you contact them sooner than September 1st, they're giving out early access code. So early access codes, sorry, so that you can get that early access and get an early start. The early, the early bird gets the worm. And so, yeah. Check us out. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for today and see y'all later. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.